0: hello my friends and welcome to my show on rural radio i am ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from new jersey and if you didn't know you are listening to farm machinery digest radio where steel and soil meat heard exclusively on siriusxm channel 147 and no place else unless it's on the app right the siriusxm app i want to thank you for getting with me every saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, and then again on Sunday at 6 p.m. We have an encore presentation of the same show. So in case you miss it Saturday, you can listen to it Sunday. Or if you like the content and you want to listen to it again, hey, you got no arguments with me. So I greatly appreciate you listening whenever you do. It's something I don't take lightly. You know, and if you enjoy our half hour together, because I know I enjoy it with you, even though I don't see, see you or hear you, but I know that you're there. I invite you to listen to my podcast, Idle Chatter, and also visit my website, farmmachinerydigest.com. And there's more of the same there, but in more detail because there's no time limit. So uh, I trust that you will find value in them, and I hope that you do. People like to say, you know, I'm guilty of this too. I'm just like anybody else, that the world has changed. I don't think that that is really true if you think about it. People have changed, but the world is still the same. I base this on the sun still rising in the east and setting in the west. A baby is still born the same way, and a seed germinates and emerges emerges from the soil as it always did. Nothing there has changed. Something that did change, especially for anyone that has been a car guide your entire life as I have, is the fall introduction of the new models. As a kid, I used to wait with giddy anticipation. I mean, I was so excited for the October issue of all the magazines like Car & Driver, Motor Trend, Popular Mechanics, Popular Science, and without question, Mechanics Illustrated, right? Tom McCahill used to do all the car articles in that magazine. You know, those issues were, they were just chock full, I mean, overflowing with pictures, specifications, and information about all the new offerings from Detroit. I mean, it was fantastic. I mean, you'd go to the, to the rural mailbox and you'd open the door and the thing would be packed with magazines one day. I was, fan- yeah, it was great, great, wonderful. You know, I still get a tingle up my spine thinking about how excited I was because I still am excited. But sadly, you know, that's not the case anymore. I didn't change. I still want to be excited, but the car companies, anxious for market share. They introduce new models throughout the year and well, the magazines for the most part do not exist. And those that, that do still exist lost their passion years ago with within the publishing community, which in my other life, I am part of, I write for magazines or used to write for a lot of magazines. They blame the internet. You know, they always got to look to point the finger at somebody. Oh, it's the internet. It's the guy down the road, right? All right, but that's only a small part of it. The magazines, as we say in the business, have become rags. So for the most part, they, they're, they're run by publishers that are accountants and have no passion about the subject matter or even their own magazine. The guy couldn't care whether he was running a publishing company or a shoe store. And that really is the problem, but let's blame the internet. Let's blame everything else. I mean, the, it's, it's really just, they became rags, you know, passion. And I don't care what it is. Passion is something that you, you can't fake passion in any venue in anything. You could ride by at 60 miles an hour, 70 miles an hour and know if a farmer has passion for what he does. You could just see it. I mean, the passion, if you're a passionate farmer about your crops, about your land, about your livestock, about your animals, I mean, you could ride by and that just, it just jumps out at you. You don't have to know anything about the person. It just jumps out at you. So, so from what my way of thinking and what life has taught me is that passion either shines through or it's not there. There is no in between. It's like a machining right there, go-no-go no, go gauge. If anybody who's done any machining, production machine work, you'll have a go-no-go no, go gauge. So it either fits in the hole or it doesn't fit in the hole. right? Go-no-go, no, go. and that's how passion is. But I just gotta, just let me please, I asked you, let me get back to those new car editions of the old magazines for a minute. You know, not only did they have passion and knew what they were writing about, which is important also, right? You have to know what you're writing about but that was such fertile ground for many a young man to aspire to own one. You know, it makes a difference, whatever the one was that caught their fancy, but to own one one day. You know, that then, back then, was 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 a catalyst for a strong work ethic, to get an education. The education didn't mean you had to go to college and become a doctor. You could have gone to agricultural school, mechanic school, you could have become an agronomist, uh, whatever, but to get an education and also taught, the, also inspired, I should say, not taught, the value of saving their money to achieve a goal. You know, some, And that goal would be for some, uh, some you know, a, a hot piece of Detroit iron to park in a shed on the farm. You know, when that goal was achieved, it provided a sense of accomplishment that would further, that would be farther to further inspire more goals and dreams. You know, don't get me wrong. I'm not materialistic. I'm not saying that life is made up about materialistic things by no means whatsoever. And I'm not trying to imply that every young person should dream of a car. That's no and a million nos. It is the passion, drive, determination and work ethic that I'm promoting, not cars or dreaming about a car. In my particular case, it was a car or some machinery. That is all. We were poor when I grew up and I make no bones about it. I'm not ashamed of it. We were never hungry, but we had no extra frills, nothing. And I've said that on this show before. We had an abundance of wonderful food and clothes that were three sizes too big that we had to grow into. We were all new, they were never used, but they were three sizes too big. I recall I was probably about 11 or 12 years old, and for some reason, my dad went to visit a neighbor, you know, a country neighbor about six miles away. We farmed with an Oliver Row Crop 70 hard part tricycle. That had paint, but the sheet metal was rough. I mean, you could wash it, but the rag would not slide across it. It was, it was like 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 running a rag across sandpaper, all right. But they, this family, had a brand. I remember when we got there, they had a brand new John Deere. I was a kid. I don't remember. I don't recall the model. It was probably a forty twenty. But they had just finished waxing it, and I remember that day. I said to myself, it "Was a hot summer day." I said one day i will have a tractor with paint that i could wax it took years but in 2002 a freshly minted new holland rolled off the carrier onto the soil at a Bohax place and the truth be told the first thing i did was wash it and wax it a dream decades old fulfilled well what does this stroll down memory lane have to do with today's show well it's, it is October, so I'll be talking 2022 pickup trucks, but not about USB ports, but instead how to choose the proper engine for the common one-half-ton models. And maybe there is a young person listening today that will dream about what they hear. That would just be wonderful. But never forget, agriculture runs on machinery, but profits on reliability.
1: Jump into the pit with new face melting rock channels on the Sirius XM app. Guitar gods of the 90s play on lithium icons. Bang your head. With Tom Morello of Rage Against the Machine and Audio Slave. And his new channel, Heavy Metal Happy Hour. Crank it up with new channels. More choices only on the Sirius XM app. Get outside and look inward. We're out and about, and I'm Scott Linden of RVTravel.com. Camping and RV travel are sometimes about finding ourselves once we've found the campsite. Looking for mental sustenance? You're in the right place, literally. Often, structured activities help. Hey, even those who meditate chant a mantra. So search out wild berries. Find a butterfly bush. Study that fisherman's tactics. Find solace in a quiet meadow. Or collect the perfect kindling for your campfire. Inner peace? It's there for the finding when there is outdoors. I've got a ton more ideas at RVTravel.com. Check the out and about pages. See you there. And find everything for your little trailer at TeardropShop.com.
2: Hi, I'm Bob Phillips, and every week on Texas Country Reporter, we wind our way down the back roads, finding the places and the people that truly make Texas one of a kind. So hop in and travel with me every weekend at 10 a.m. Sunday on Rural Radio, Channel 147, exclusively on Sirius XM.
0: welcome back to farm machinery digest radio i'm your host ray bohacks the hot rod farmer and i want to thank you once again for letting me stroll down memory lane But as I said, in today's show, we're going to be discussing, because the magazines don't want to do it, the farm magazines, the car magazines don't want to do it, we're going to be discussing the technical aspect of 2022 half-ton pickup trucks. As I said, it's October, the new car issue, so this is the new car episode, the new pickup truck episode. And because things are basically going pretty good for the majority of the agricultural community. I never want to say everyone because there's always someone that things are not going well for financially and that's sad. Uh, but uh, there's uh, a, lot of, uh, you know, a lot of opportunities this year to buy a new pickup truck if you haven't bought one for a number of years. And I'm going to emphasize, I'm going to focus today on the half ton models, not the three quarter ton on and on up, but the half ton models, which also seems to be the mainstay of a lot of operations uh because they use it more they could use it as a family vehicle what have you so we're going to talk about half tons then maybe a month or so from that we'll go into uh the uh the larger uh, the larger offerings and what i'm basically going to do is i'm going to reference the three domestic brands with the three american brands right i'm allowed to say that right of american so the three american brands which are obviously general motors Ford Motor Company, and uh, well, now it's Stellantis, but Ram, which used to be Dodge, so we'll, uh, so we'll just say Ram, let's not even talk that it's Stellantis, I don't even know where they came up with that name, but that doesn't have anything to do with the products. What is in the name? Nothing, right? so anyway the thing basically is is that there is a multitude of engine options available for pickup trucks half ton pickup trucks so for instance under the general motors which would be this is for 2022 for the um chevy gmc lineup the half tons 1500 silverado and sierra believe it or not and you yeah like talk about the world changing right there is a 2.7 liter and a liter is just approximately about 60 cubic inches so you could do the math that way a four-cylinder turbocharged four-cylinder with an eight-speed automatic that is available in a chevy gm i should say general motors half ton the first time that there's a four-cylinder engine well they had one i think last year But in a in a pickup truck, a half ton pickup truck, domestic pickup truck, but that is a little turbo motor. So that sucker produces 310 horsepower at 5,600 rpm and 420 pounds feet of torque at 3,000 rpm. So don't laugh at that little four cylinder. I mean that could move some, do some work there in the farm now the next engine up in a gm lineup is a 5.3 liter v8 with a 10 speed automatic and that produces 355 horsepower at the same 5600 rpm but has 383 pounds feet of torque at 4100 rpm so now you know we could stop laughing because if you look at that little turbo four cylinder 2.7 that has 420 pounds feet of torque at 3000 rpm and the 5.3 v8 has 383 at 4100 rpm so that based upon those numbers we don't have a graph on it that that little four-cylinder is going to pull a load easier right down right right from a stop believe it or not that turbo four-cylinder in the 5.3 v8 and then we go up from there to a 6.2 liter V8 with a 10-speed automatic and that has 420 horsepower at 5600 rpm and 460 pounds feet of torque at 4100 rpm and the last engine option in the gm lineup of half ton pickup trucks is the excellent excellent turbocharged inline diesel duramax mini baby duramax three liter diesel and that has 277 horsepower at 3750 rpm and a and a a a a rock crawler 460 foot pounds pounds feet of torque excuse me at 1500 rpm so if you look at that little i6 inline six duramax versus the 6.2 they both have 460 pounds feet of torque but the 6.2 doesn't have that value till 4,100, and the little turbocharged diesel has that at 1,500 RPM. So if you are hooking one of those, so hooking up to a heavy trailer, to a heavy load, you're trying to pull something out of the mud, you're trying to pull a combine broke down back, back to the farm shop, that little, turbo four, that little turbo six cylinder is gonna actually get that load moving quicker and easier with that 460 pounds feet at 1500 rpm whereas you got to take the big 6.2 liter and wing that the bad boy up to 4100 rpm to get the same torque so that's something you need to keep in mind that you know it is a different world because these engines today are using different technologies like turbocharging and direct injection to get uh to get power so we can't just say we want the largest engine now you may want an engine because it's easier to service you may be more familiar with it what have you but just looking at the engine offerings that GM has four excellent engine offerings under the hood and you can make a convincing argument that uh you could go with that 2.7 liter four cylinder and have a truck that would outpull a 454 from 20 years ago so that's something, and that's a gasoline motor. So let's move across Detroit over there to Dearborn. I'm gonna to go to Ford Motor Company. Now Ford actually in the F-150, and I'm not gonna talk about the Raptor cause that's not really a work truck, uh, farm truck. So it has one, two, three, four, uh, one, two, three, four, five engine offerings. Their base engine offering is a 3.3 liter V6, normally aspirated. 290 horsepower at 6,500 RPM and 265 pounds feet of torque at 4,000 RPM. Then they have a 2.7 liter twin turbo echo boost. That's actually a very compacted graphite block, like a diesel, sweet, sweet piece. 325 horsepower at 5,000 RPM and 400 pounds feet of torque at 3,000 RPM. Then for the traditionalist, they move away from that and they go to the five liter, the Coyote based engine, which is a version of what's in the Mustang. And that's a five liter. It's a little bit bigger than 302 cubic inches. And that has 400 horsepower at 6,000 RPM and 12 to one compression and 410 pounds feet of torque at 4,250 RPM and then from there they move up to the 3.5 liter twin turbo echo boost and that has 400 horsepower also at 6000 rpm but those twin hair dryers kick in and that sucker has 500 pounds feet of torque at a at a stump pulling 3100 rpm and then the last engine choice in the f-150 is a 3.5 liter twin turbo with a hybrid electric assist. They call it a power boost. And so it's a, It's a. and I, if you go to my website, I did a podcast, a road test on that particular drivetrain. And that has 430 horsepower at 6,000 RPM and 570 pounds feet of torque at 3,000 RPM. So if you really, uh, I don't believe that the hybrid powertrain gives you any real advantage on the in, in agricultural in a rural area but if you're just looking at the torque numbers there it's definitely a torque monster and then if we move over to ram right the ram has three engine offerings two gasoline and one diesel in the, F1, in the f-150 in the 1500 series so their base engine is a 3.6 liter and they call it an e-torque engine so that has a hybrid assist of what they would call in the industry a mild hybrid it's uh it's using it's using the hybrid drivetrain as a power assist and that's a 3.6 liter and it's 305 horsepower at 6400 rpm and it's a little bit weak on the torque 269 at 4800 rpm now if we go over to the um the 5.7 so we jump from the 3.6 uh to the 5.7 they're both normally aspirated and that's uh the 5.7 liter hemi that has 395 horsepower at and uh at 5600 rpm and 410 foot pounds of torque at 3950 And then if we go over to the diesel side, not the Cummins, but the little three liter echo diesel in the 1500 series, and that's a sweet little engine that has 260 horsepower at 3,600 RPM and 480 pounds feet of torque at stump pulling 1,600 RPM. So that actually has... uh, it has a little bit, a uh, little bit more torque, but 20 foot pounds. But at the same, uh, hundred RPM higher than the GM six cylinder. So that is our engine lineup. Engine lineup uh, in the 1500 series pickup trucks. My advice to you is don't pigeonhole yourself into thinking that you specifically want cubic inches. All right, in 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 equipment and in engines and cars and trucks and farm equipment. We buy horsepower, but we actually drive torque. So if you are in the market for a new pickup truck, what I would basically do is a blindfold test and drive the different engine combinations and try to do it within the same body style. Because if you have a heavier truck, a four door versus a two door, or a four wheel drive versus a two wheel drive, what have you, try to get them in the same body style. And you may be very well surprised that, in, that you don't know what's under the hood. But keep in mind serviceability, keep in mind the fuel that that engine is recommended to use and, and look at all the other aspects of it, how easy it is to work on it, the serviceability and things that, things that'll that'll add value or take away value as the years and miles roll up but that is that are the powertrains that are underneath the 2022 half-ton pickup trucks that will be found on the farms and ranches of America and we've never ever had such powerful half-ton pickup trucks in the history of this country so that is wonderful
3: FDTV brings the ag industry news you care about.
1: A lot of producers really looked at the hope mm-hmm. of being able
3: to get this deal done. Tailored forecasts for farmers and ranchers.
2: You can see the pockets of red across Texas. That has become a problem. And going forward in time, we just don't have a lot of rainfall headed that way.
3: Live direct reports from the trading floor with expert market analysis.
1: We have Oliver Slope standing by and he is with Blue Line Futures.
3: Well, the the outside markets are going to be the the driving factor and the focal point in this week's trade. A focus on Washington ag policy. RFD-TV's Emily Butt joins us from our Washington D.C. News Bureau. The president reaffirms his commitment for rural America, supporting farmers through the pandemic. And live reports from across the nation. see lots of fun and exciting stories especially lots of hard work that goes into this. Stories you'll find only on RFD TV, celebrating our 20th year as rural America's most important network.
2: Durango is proud to be the official boot of the NFR. Lightweight, tough, and unbelievably comfortable, Durango boots are designed for your Western life. Whether you're riding and roping on the job or on the town, Durango boots are built to stand up to whatever you put them through. Visit your local boot barn today to find your new favorite pair of boots. Gear up with Durango Boots, the official boot of the NFR. Durango Boots are available at Boot Barn and online at bootbarn.com. Hi, I'm Ag Day host Clinton Griffiths, and I
1: invite you to join me as we cover the nation's food system from fields of green to orchards of orange and livestock everywhere in between. America runs on agriculture, and here at Ag Day, agriculture is what we do best. Listen as our analysts track the markets, learn about innovations in technology and sustainability, and live the country lifestyle through the eyes of rural America. Join me, Clinton Griffiths, for Ag Day, the country experience.
0: all right i guess i got a little bit too excited uh in the intro to show and shoot ch- up a lot of time so sadly i'm not going to do a toolbox test today we're not going to hear text rubinowitz sing and we're not going to have a reader's letter uh, listener's letter i'm so used to magazines and my website saying readers so we're just going to finish up here and close put some closure to these new engines and then next week we will definitely i think i have as i said a couple of weeks ago i have a number of letters that i want to share with you they've all been answered and been the people have been answered but i think they have good intrinsic value to bring education to the audience so i'm going to plan on next week doing uh that the subject of the show is going to be two or three letters from listeners and then the toolbox test so it's going to be education that way and then hopefully the following week we'll go get back into the normal format but the thing i want to say to you uh, to bring uh to just touch on, since I have a couple of minutes here, about these new pickup truck engines, regardless of what brand you buy or what engine package you end up investing in, uh, and, it's, and it's an investment, it's not a purchase, because you need it to pay dividends to you, because a purchase doesn't pay dividends an investment does. My one word of, or I should say my words of advice, because I never have one word, you could ask my wife. My, choose my words of advice are just, you know, these engines are all wonderful all right they all make huge power we went through the power they all these transmissions are wonderful six eight nine ten speed transmissions wonderful but with that with that power with that with all of that uh, with all of those benefits i can say to you that all of these engines all of these drivetrains, are ve- they're they're like a, a racehorse hybrid corn they're gonna be very finicky, they're gonna be a prima donna. And I don't mean they're gonna be finicky a prima donna the way they run. They're not going to tolerate a lack of service and you're not gonna tolerate not using the fluids that the manufacturer recommends. So please keep that in mind. There's a lot of, that you know, the, it, within the agricultural community, there's a lot of people who don't wanna believe that. They say, well, they wanna buy one drum of oil, they wanna buy one drum of coolant, is that it's going to be imperative that you use the proper oil. And what I mean by the proper oil, it could be the brand that you want but meets those specifications. Specifically, a lot of these engines are, and I didn't go through that because I don't want to belabour you with it, have direct injection. And uh, they have some of them have direct and port injection but also have direct injection. And with those engines, there's a phenomena called low-speed pre-ignition. And when the engine is warming up, light load it'll actually take a ring land off the piston and it's all based upon the oil the sulfur believe it or not in the oil that is uh, that is detonating so uh just keep that in mind please use the proper oils use the proper transmission fluid the proper gas everything they tell you in that and then you know these things will be running forever. but because of the complexity of these drivetrains to get that power and to get that fuel economy out of it that they're 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 a fine-tuned machine and they're not going to be forgiving of a lack of maintenance and when they break they break expensively and they break hard so listen I just want to thank you so much for tuning in, and know that the hot rod farmer is pulling for you, the American farmer and rancher, and my beloved, beloved America. You have a blessed, blessed day, and you be really well. Take care. Bye bye.
2: This is the Agricultural Law and Tax Report. I'm Roger McCohen. Currently, foreign investors own over 35 million acres of U.S. agricultural land. What laws exist governing foreign ownership of farm and ranch land? I'll be back in a moment with the details. Washburn Law School's third year anywhere program allows law students to practice law under the supervision of a licensed attorney off campus during their final year of law school. Choose Washburn because ambition has no boundaries. Learn more at washburnlaw.edu. Farmers, if you're concerned about the long-term stability of your operation, Ag and Business Legal Strategies, an uncommon law firm in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, helps farm families evaluate their operations and restructure debt if needed. Find us at uncommonlawfirm.com. In 1978, the Congress enacted the Agricultural Foreign Investment Disclosure Act. It's basically a reporting law designed to help the Congress monitor foreign ownership of ag land and determine whether direct controls or limits on foreign investment need to be established. In 2017, legislation was introduced to create more accountability for the federal government's efforts to track foreign ownership. The bill died. Legislation was also introduced in 2020 that would have strengthened USDA's monitoring capabilities. It didn't go anywhere. The states also can regulate foreign ownership of ag land. A majority of states do have rules concerning foreign ownership, but the restrictions tend to be minor and enforcement is not very effective. Often, the cited reason for rules limiting foreign ownership of ag land is food security. But the top five states with the most foreign ownership are not located in the nation's breadbasket. That's a function of the Midwest and Plain states having the greatest restrictions on foreign ownership. Currently, it's timber companies and renewable energy companies that have the largest group of foreign investors. This has been the Agricultural Law and Tax Report. I'm Roger McOwen.